uh, Keith's going to be talking about a, a whole lot of experiences that he's gone through so far and kind of living in more of a more of a remote area because I'm going to be very upfront. I live in a very Alaska light kind of environment compared to where Keith lives. So we'll be talking about all that in just a minute. Um, as always, though, um, just a reminder on these live streams, they're only as good as the, the questions you guys have coming in. I have some pre-planned stuff, but you know these are usually of the most value to you when we have questions coming in from you. So we uh, we have an expert in the house today. So you know let's uh, let's uh, keep the conversation coming in the comments section. But yeah, Keith, thank you very much for joining us and um, for bearing with us on the the technological <laughs> hurdles today. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and just jump into this then. Uh, question number one is uh, really what got you thinking about moving to Alaska? Um, I had a calling. Uh, I was at a church around Christmas time and I didn't understand what was going on. Um, I loved where I lived. In, I lived 15 miles west of International Falls. In a very rural area. Um, where I'm at now, it's more remote, but I have more neighbors actually than where I lived. And I'm closer to a town than where I lived in International Falls, Minnesota. Um, the calling was very spiritual and uh, it's, it's really hard to explain except um, I was sitting on Zillow for quite a while one night, and I was like, why am I looking at Zillow? I love where I'm at. I, I was on a rainy river overlooking Ontario. Um, I had a property there, uh, and it's still, it was for sale right now. I do have a buyer. Um, they're looking at it right now. Um, the thing was is what got me here I had to come and fly to think I'm, I thought I was going crazy going, well, why do I need to move? So I, <clears throat> I jumped on a plane on a February and I flew to this, this house that you're looking at right now. It's a beautiful log home in nestled in the mountains. Um, I went to the Immaculate Conception Church it was on a Sunday. That was my son's. He would have been. He would have been around well, thirty-nine. Yeah, he'd been around thirty-nine. That was his birthday on the twelfth. And uh, I went to confession, and I went to see the priest. And I said, I, I believe I have a calling to come here. And uh, he says, I knew you were coming. Um. It's really hard to say, but once I came here, well, that night when I looked at this place, I stayed in Toke for three days to get immaculate with the area, immaculate. And um, that night when I signed the papers, and it was, I was here for a week in Fairbanks, and I was here in Toke for three days in February. 
that night when I signed the papers for a down payment on this house, the sky lit up. It was three or two great big uh, vertical uh, displays of the northern lights, and they were spinning right over my head to the north and um, come in my direction. It was, yeah, that's uh... it, blew, it blew me away. It was very spiritual. Anyway, I found out that they need me, and I, well, I recite. I'm a man of faith, and I recite the Holy Rosary every day. And when I went to find out what the Catholic Church is here, it was called a Holy Rosary Parish. I mean, everything was hitting right on the head. See, I'm a retired carpenter, a contractor in the past, holding a license, but I was 48 years in the union. And I built Skyline of Minneapolis and St. Paul. So it's not like I have to go here and look for work. I'm retired and on a pension. But when I came here, I found out there's no electricians for 200 miles and 350 miles, there's no electricians. Um, everybody's do it yourself here and there's problems with that. I've seen the problems where I live. Doesn't matter where you live, there's always problems when there's no electricians or plumbers. There is a plumber here, um, but the thing is, is when I talk to the people, they need tradesmen. So as a contractor, I can help the people. I wanna help the community. That's why I came here. And also help the church and help the other people around. So these are the things that high qualities, even the priest was over, over here, Father Welcome was here all day Monday from noon till about six o'clock. And I showed him some of the dog sled trails in the back, which go right across in the back of my property. I, right. I really, so all in all, I, these are the reasons that I, I come here. It, so I don't know anybody, but now I know quite a few people. <laughs> Those yeah, I was very, about to say, if, if you have that skill set and you're in Alaska, you're going to be pretty popular pretty quickly. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And I'm getting friends. When I came here, my brother drove, drove the truck up here, and he drove me around up in town here. And when I went to the place to get the power, people says, well, I live in this Eagle subdivision, which I'm 10 miles north of Toke. So that was kind of interesting. She said, I'm your neighbor. And then I went over to the garbage place, if, if they could pick up my garbage. And, and uh, the people there go, well, I live in Eagle also. <laughs> I'm like, how does this work? You know, I'm hitting all the spots. And I went to... Well, the 40 mile air, when I flew from Fairbanks down here uh, in February, well, I flew back in February. Now they picked me up in the Fairbanks 40 mile and flew me here and they have an airport here. Uh, the woman there, is, her name is Joey. 
and she she runs the desk and runs everything there you know for for a lot of charters so she says i live in i live there too in eagle i'm your neighbor i'm like this how does that work so what you know i'm saying is my brother he says i can't believe these people they're giving you they don't even know you and they're giving you your phone number to you so it's like you know, all in all, it was I was really impressed because it was hitting every hitting every aspect of why I had a calling here. And this is where I'm getting what got me thinking about moving to Alaska. Well, 1967, I was seven years old. We came up here as a family when everything was dirt roads. So I went to Fairbanks. I went to Mount McKinley and Anchorage. What, after, um, after what the brought year. you guys up here? Were you just visiting or? We came up here to, uh, my father was here back in in the days when he was 17, 18, or 18 years old before he got in the U.S. Army in the Air Force. He came up here because he worked up here in Sitka, but he wanted to to bring the family and, and look at the beautiful rest of the beautiful frontier. Mm. It, yeah, my heart is here. I love this area. I've been, I have four wheeler and I take it back into the mountains. I got a beautiful view of the mountains. Just I'm looking out the window and I can, it's three miles away, but it looks like I could just touch it because they're, way over the tops of the trees. Um, like there's about 6,000 6, foot mountains, 6,665 feet called the Newberger Mountains. Then the Kimberley Mountains. Bigger than life right outside your window. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, <laughs> my dog knows bears. She's a German Shepherd, and when I lived in International Falls, she chased a great big bear off my property down by the river, and I kept calling her. I thought she was done. I really did. I thought, okay, I'll never see her again. I kept yelling, Charlotte, Charlotte, get back here. Get back here, Charlotte. You know, and, and she finally came back. I think the bear turned and said, hey, I'm going to, I can eat you, you know, and, and she, Ever since that, she's known when bears come up near the house because they'd come right up to my place in International Falls. Um, I've had a feeder to feed the deer. If I get on bucket with a, a pole that came down, so when the beer hit the deer, hit the antlers, hit that pole, corn would fall out of a five-gallon bucket that was up nine feet up. Well, I got pictures of the trail cam of that bear touching his nose at nine feet. So it was kind of funny. He was holding on to a tree, a small, about a four-inch tree, standing there with the short legs, long trunk body, and a long neck. <laughs> so, you know, the black bear is nothing to deal with. You know, they can turn on you just as fast as a black bear. I mean, a, a grizzly bear. Right. So I haven't, I know I'll see a grizzly, a, black, a brown bear. Um, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, after a while, you just have like the, the basic respect for, for bears and, 
Yeah, that right. should be okay. But actually, I have a question real quick here. A couple questions from the comments section. You ready for these? Sure. Okay. So the first one is coming in from uh, Mike, uh, Mr. Mike Donovan. Uh, he says remote living costs compared to Alaska light. So uh, trying to get an idea for kind of the cost of living up near Tok. So interesting enough. Yeah. Interesting enough, Michael. Um, I took pictures of the food in the grocery store, store in Tok called Three Bears. Uh, Alaska. I went there, I took pictures because the price of the food was not much higher than what I was paying in International Falls, Minnesota. The milk, I was paying $6 uh, at Why Not? That's a, right at, at the junction, they call it the junction. Uh, that's only five miles away. The junction, is, there's a convenience store. $6 for a gallon of milk. Here it's five fifty. Um, other really? things, the meat is very close to the same price. Uh, there's some things that are a lot higher. I had to get some liquid plumber. That was like sixteen dollars, I believe. Where I'd be paying for that, and that did the trick. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I'm like, well, I didn't want to rip up my floor because there's, I didn't. So when I buy, buy, this is my sixth home. When I buy a house, I know there's going to be problems. You're always going to find something wrong, but I'm talented. I know how to fix a lot of the things. And they did have the floor open in the kitchen. But getting back to, you know, so that's some of the things that, when you're buying a house, there's a lot of hidden things that you're not going to run into. And it's yeah. not kosher. It wasn't vented. The, the, they run an inch and a half pipe all the way underneath the floor, probably about 10, 15 feet. The code says you can run that um, at least three feet to a two, two inch, and then that's got to be vented. This wasn't even vented. None of right. it was well, the so price keep, the cost um, of everything, the price, Michael, would be very similar to International Falls, Minnesota. Some of the things were a little higher, uh, but not much. Um, it, when I go to the grocery store, it's really not that much higher for what I'm buying than what I was paying in International Falls. Hmm. Uh, with that said, there are a lot of items that are a lot higher. The thing is, is I like buying Amazon and Amazon delivers. Uh, but as far as the food goes, it, it it's shopping. Some of it, like I said, it's a dollar more, $2 more. Um, when I bought food in International Falls, everything had to be shipped. For instance, bananas, when I buy them here, they were $1.29 a pound. Now, I was okay. getting that in International Falls, too. But Got it. it. And, and Mike, just to give you some perspective, um, here in South Central Wasilla, I'll pay about $0.88, cents, so you, know, you do seem 
an increase for, you know, produce and some stuff like that. Right. It, it, you, for the produce, it, it is a lot higher, like for oranges um, and apples. I think they're paying like uh, $8 for a big bag of apples, but there that was, I think, five pounds of, five, five, could be even 10 pounds of apples. You get a lot more bigger bags. I noticed what is being sent here is Costco. A lot of products like Kirkland, you can see a lot of Kirkland products in Three Bears grocery store. I mean, they get their stuff through Costco and then they sell it. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So, um, Keith, do you know how much the like a gallon of gas costs up near Toke? Yes, I I was paying for my four wheeler. I don't drive. I have a four-wheeler, that's why I have a snowmobile also for the winter. It's a RMK. Um, the gas I was paying for premium. It was four fifty-nine a gallon, but I noticed it was four twenty-five for just regular unleaded gas. Gotcha. And that was at Shell Oil, which is also three bears. Everything up here is three bears. So they have, they have a, a monopoly here in town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, love them or hate them. I mean, it sounds well, like it's more three, of a love. Three thing, bears, sports, sports, three bears, Ace Hardware. Everything's three bears. So it's like that. That's like, about right. Um, just to give you an idea, Mike. Um, my here in South Central Alaska, I think I paid four oh four today. So it is going to be a little bit more expensive up near the talk area. But I mean, that's just to be expected if you're living somewhere a little bit more remote. Um, but let's work through a couple more of these real quick here, Keith. Um, so really quickly, let's touch on this one from Brandon. How's the wildlife in your area? So, I mean, I can see the fox right behind you already. So <laughs> I got a big black bear right above me here. So <laughs> Uh, he's, he, he came from International Falls. This one came from Eagle, this uh, fox. There's a taxidermist there. I bought it at, um, at Burnt Falls, part of, part of the accord here. <laughs> I love the wildlife. Uh, I saw a lot of moose. When I went to Fairbanks, saw six moose. Uh, Two of them were like waving to me as we we're driving by, like, hi. They were just, just grazing on the food. And that was uh, beginning of June. I haven't seen anything really more than the beautiful sound of silence in birds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, it's very remote here. Um, there's caribou tracks right on my, in behind. I have a trail camera, but I had it set up where it shoots 25 feet and if there's a little twig moving like this which it which was happening i had over a thousand photos of nothing <laughs> so with the trail camera i will catch i will catch him on the on the uh, trail cam with the uh with the caribou that are running the snowmobile trail right behind me um so man they, i I didn't realize you guys got caribou up near Tulk. I thought that was like oh, we do. Just... We, we we got them right right down on uh, Pringle Avenue, 
Joey said before I moved here, she says, I got two caribou and standing in front of me. I got, I, they won't move, um, which is kind of weird. Cause they <laughs> do move, but they do, you know, that's it. it, it I, I'm not saying Joey's weird. It's just uh, sometimes the, the caribou will just, you know, I don't know. They, you think they're, they'd be scared, but even when I went back with the German shepherd, she noticed there was a bear around and I had my a 357 uh, 10 millimeter uh, with me and when I'm deep in the woods I don't want to get in between a, a mother and a cub uh, it's dangerous very dangerous even with a black bear you don't want to you don't want to conquer coming into an area where you're going back out of your trail, there's only one way to get out, and that bear in the cover is there. So what do you do? You can't go around them. All I could probably do is just yell at them, get out of here, make yourself big, or fire off a shot, which will scare them back into the woods. Or a yeah. couple of shots. I will not shoot at the bear. Uh, only time I, that would happen is if I am being attacked, I mean, if they're charging me. Uh, yeah, that's, and I mean, that's yeah, I mean, even then, I mean, you know the song and dance and everything too. Like it's, uh, you need to be able to have a more realistic chance than not of actually dropping it. Otherwise, you just have a pissed off bear on your hands. <laughs> well, then I'd have to call a game warden. If yeah, I, if I shot it in the head and the chest, uh, I'm using bear rounds. They're, uh, this this will take it down. It's a 10 millimeter Smith and Wesson uh, semi-auto. Gotcha. And it's they're they're bear loads. Right, and you know that actually brings us to uh, to one question we also have that came in here from uh, Mr. Ra, and that is, do you have to have a gun if you're going to move to Alaska? So in your experience, we'll, we'll just say looking specifically at Toke, um, is that kind of a requirement you almost have to have if you're moving to Alaska? Well, they're baiting them right now. They're still baiting and hunting them right now, um, right in my backyard. Uh, so there's, when they're baiting them, there's bears. They're right around Toke. And where I live, there are a lot of grizzlies and bears here. And I was told that um, there's a video of this house, a 22nd video on YouTube. Um, it's a dog mushers, Toke dog mushers, uh, kennel two and kennel one. They used to have uh, sled dogs here. In fact, in the backyard, there's a, it's called the Eagle Trail, but that's a little further. In the backyard here behind the pines, there's, there's a, a tote road that goes back. They call it Ruffus Road, <laughs> the <laughs> snowmobile trail, but cars will drive on it too. Um, not cars, uh, I've, I've seen a car drive rules they got to drive real slow right it, but there's caribou and moose that run on it also and then there's a sled dog trail 
that runs parallel to that. But it says uh, sled dog crossing, where it comes out of my property right across that trail, meaning if there's like the, the forester, I just saw a forest truck the other day drive by, and then uh, some other guy that was way back in the woods back here. Once in a while, uh, uh, we're talking, you see a vehicle like once every two weeks or three weeks. It's not like, oh, you see a lot of traffic here. No. There's no traffic here. Um, even going to Tolk to Fairbanks, you probably pass during the day at noon, you probably pass five cars, <laughs> meaning they, they go by it. So it's very remote out here. There's not a lot of traffic. And yeah, I love, was that, I yeah, is is that something that's kind of difficult for people to get used to with there just being so few people there? Because I know for some people, like they uh, they complain about traffic and there being lots of people all around, but it can be, uh, yeah, it can be a little. It's different because you have to get used to suddenly there not being any people around. So, um, have you seen people um, adjust to that fairly quickly? I believe so. Uh, anybody that moves here, they know what they're going into. A lot yeah. of people are to themselves. So I'm to myself. I, I don't like running around. Oh, hi, hi. I, <laughs> I like to stay in quiet, meaning I want to be like the forest, the tree. <laughs> <laughs> and leave. No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? Where's the lie? Where's the um, lie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. But, you know, so I, I, I love it quiet. It's 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 peaceful. Uh where I was living in International Falls, there was a highway called the uh, uh highway eleven and the logger trucks come by, they start at three in the morning and they they move up and they're cruising. So my house would just shake. I, that was that was the only real downfall. I I try I got used to it, but I didn't. You know what I mean? Meaning, you don't hear the trucks going by, and they honk at me. You know, they also hey, you know, like they knew me, and uh, it, it's really it was humble there. I liked it. I loved it there. I saw really great friends there. One of my best friends, Zach, we went fishing all the time and and hunting together. He's my hunting mate. So it's really hard to leave my friends there. And uh, do I have new friends? I'm making some friends. It's but um, I like I like I still like it quiet. Right. Absolutely. I am busy from. I get well this morning. I got up at five. It's daylight during all night long here. So I got up at five and start working. I work until the other day. I've been working until about ten o'clock at night, constantly. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, building shelves. I still haven't got all my stuff unpacked. Um, I'll, I assume that I'm going to be still unpacking for probably another half a year. I mean, you know I, that's. That, that's kind of something I've noticed with people who retire from the trades. Like you guys, um, 
really do find ways to, to keep yourself busy and engaged, regardless if it's like retirement or not. <laughs> well, exactly. Uh, my grass needs to be cut. I And uh, I had, you know, it's interesting. I brought a bobcat up here, my bobcat backhoe. So I, I'll be able to do a lot of work here and for other people um, in the church and the community. Thing is, is I gave up my furniture, which I'm on cinder blocks right now, sitting on a, <laughs> a table that was left here. But I gave up a radio arm saw and I come here and there's a radio arm saw in the garage. I'm not kidding. It's like, <laughs> I can't make this up. You know, but uh, as far as I gave up a John Deere yard tractor, because the problem was, is we are way overweight. Uh, my the 26 foot U-Haul that I rented, that was five grand. Yeah, which um, let me uh, let me show everyone real quick. This was, yeah, this was the rig. Yep. Yeah, we here. built we built a deck inside the U-Haul. Uh, a deck. We brought in 24 two by fours, so we could build a deck inside that over my four wheeler log splitter. Uh, um snowmobile which is a rmk uh 800 pro uh, which they call snow machine up here with three inch paddle track it's a mountain sled i used to go out in the mountains with the same kind of sled but this one's longer it's 173 inch track but i have more track for the snow so it's harder to get stuck um, it's narrow it's you can just blast right through the trees get up into the mountains that's where i want to be this winter but um the deck we put a boat over the top of that deck i'm not kidding you <laughs> and, uh, uh, when we moved i asked the church if they could help and there was 20 of them they showed 20 people showed up uh including my best friend and my hunting friends so there was a there was a pile of people because we we banged that thing together in within eight hours. We loaded that trailer. Uh, the trailer had the bobcat backhoe in it. The buckets went in the U-Haul way in the front of the U-Haul. So we had the garden tractor and another snowmobile, a 400 or 440. So that would be backup. Well, we went to the weight scale and we were running we were running 38,000 pounds. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so I had unload. I had unload quite a bit, meaning I, I gave up the we took out the snowmobile which is 500 pounds. We took out the um that was a 440. We took out the garden tractor with the snowplow on it with a snowblower with the mower deck. That weighed around five, no, it weighed about 800 pounds. So we dropped her down. We took out the batteries. I had batteries for my boat for uh, uh, for the depth finder. And uh, we took out a lot. We took out bags of chains that weighed 100, you know, logging chains. Um, 
there were four bags of logging chains that were 50 pounds each. I mean, we were, we were unloading a lot to get her down. So it was, the U-Haul says 25,000 or yeah, 25,000 pounds. But on the door, the door, it says 24,999 pounds. And so they stayed <laughs> under the limit where you got to pull over to the wayside where it says wayside anything over 25 or anything over 25,000 needs to be pulled into the wayside. Right. Right. So we, and, we, um, we, had the snow, we had the trailer behind and that had 10,000 pounds in it too. So we were pushing, we were pushing a lot of weight, especially going down the mountains in, in, uh, uh, towards Bellingham and we're sort of Spokane, Spokane. We were pushing, that thing was pushing us. <laughs> right, a, right. So 2019 truck, the, the rig, and it was a Ford. So it was a nice machine. It worked great. We had no problems, no flat tires. The roads up here are ripped, meaning they got tears in them from uh, the thermal frost pulling, pulling the roads apart. So you'll have 50 feet of – Dean said, my brother, when he drove – through Haynes because I got off in Juneau and flew. I didn't want to go through Canada. So Dean went through and he's Haynes. He says that road to from there to Toke was so rough. It it even broke a couple well one two by four snapped on the deck even with the legs on it was that bad. Wow. But it but it didn't come hurt any of the stuff. I mean I've had I that we had that trailer stuff to the max i've got so cement mixers everything that you wouldn't believe what i that we put in there and then we loaded up even with the boat we loaded everything inside the boat too and around the boat so that black trailer you saw had the bobcat backhoe two trailers with the axles taken off put on both sides and then the everything was shored between it but it had two inch foams uh, as, as, um, uh, so it didn't rip the walls apart. Because a trailer, even with the bobcat, was st standing on micro lambs, uh, sitting flat. So, and we curbed that so it couldn't shift side by side. So everything, nothing got damaged. Um, even with the plywood we had was three quarter inch plywood. And some of it was half, but that was way up in the front. Uh, so we we had that U-Haul stuff to the max. Um, we went to Bellingham uh, in Washington and jumped on the MV Columbia, which we took by took it was a three day on there. So we we parked on the lower deck. And we were the longest rig in that boat. Now, if I didn't buy that ticket a month advance, we probably would not have got on. So we had itinerary and we had a tight schedule to fit. We everything worked out, meaning we had to be there on the fifth. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I um, actually had a chance to talk with some representatives and some uh, port managers with the ferry system just a little bit ago, and. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised you got on uh, with that kind of a rig. They are, uh, 
pretty right. bare bones crew right now <laughs> across right. the board. And, and they used to go all the way up to Anchorage. There's a spot in Anchorage where they poured. They're so short because of COVID. They lost a lot of crew people and it hurt them just like it hurt most of the businesses. They haven't got their crews back yet. And there's a, there's one of the ships on deck on the shore getting uh, refurbished. Um, but it's amazing how big that ship is, 450 feet by 80 feet wide. And we maneuvered around through all those islands in, in some of the areas it, we just I can't believe we didn't hit any of the rocks because we we had to wait for another vessel to come through a, an area uh, which is way north of Kitchikan. and but the beauty in the we had seals, we had uh, uh, humpback whales, we saw a lot of uh, um, orchids. They were amazing, and the eagles would be flying right over the top of us. Uh, the beauty of the mountains going through, it was fantastic. And the people that we met, uh, a lot of military people. We, we were with a lot of military people because my brother's daughter is a full bird, our number 15 in the United States. She's a uh, director of intelligence. But she's in the UK and she's moving back to Washington, D.C. She's in the process of moving right now. But getting back to the people who are fabulous on there. Um, problem is, is if you got a dog, they, they, they <laughs> recommend the dog can go take a leak on the deck. And then they, you have to clean it up. They have paper towels and, and bleach to, to spray over it and clean it up. My dog did not go on take a leak or poop for almost two days. It was yeah. like a day and a half. Once we got to catch a can, then we can port and leave the ship and get right back on the ship. But you got like a half hour. Some ports you have an hour because uh, there's a lot of vehicles coming in and off out of the, out of the ship. That's why we got time to bring our dogs. And it, we found that a lot of the dogs did not poop or pee. You know, and the thing is, is, you know, hold it in like that that long but you see your dogs and my dogs are not made to go poop on on, on a deck or something like that it doesn't look you know what i mean it, 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 i mean we've there. spent a lot of time training them not to do that exactly 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 so um but it, every port that we stopped at she loved to get out and poop and pee. Some of it was at three o'clock in the morning. We'd stop in port. I'd get my dog and bring her out. And uh, but all in all, it was very humane. Uh, everybody leave their dog in their vehicle. Um, mine was happy to see me every time I come. It was <laughs> like every eight hours. So it wasn't like um, every through two hours you can do it. No, they have a schedule. They say, okay, you can go uh, go on deck and let your dogs go out on the, on the deck. So I'd walk my dog anyway uh, on the deck. But when we ported, I made sure. So it, it was fun. There's a lot of dogs. And yep. uh, 
it all in all, it, it was a three-day trip on the MV, and I got off in uh, Juneau, Alaska, with my German Shepherd, and because we weren't going to go through Canada, because I have guns, a lot of guns. Yeah, and, I'm a hunter. Uh, kind of answers one of the questions we have and, here. <laughs> and see, they 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 won't let you have more than three guns going through Canada. That's the other thing. Plus your dog, it's a lot of problems. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, plus, even if you do, like, have one firearm, like, there's so many rules around how you're supposed to transport it, what's supposed to be taken I got handguns. They go, no no handguns. And, and, you know, near ammunition, so much ammunition. I mean, it was the regulations. Canada used to never be like this. Well, I used to go fishing way up in Luxillo, north of International Falls, about another six uh 600 miles so it, or 300 miles north of international falls to luxul and they used to never be as strict as they are now I mean, it, it's really it, it's really bad yeah i uh yeah i, well, uh, I kind of have to be careful how much i uh how much I say because eventually I'm going to find myself going back through Canada. And uh, sure. I want to say if you get a certain number of uh, footage of you talking smack about them, eventually they're <laughs> they're going to make it pro- right. a problem well, for me to get they over. Would not, they would not allow my jerk, my my black bear to go through Canada. I had to ship that because they would take it. They'd confiscate it. Oh, that's uh, there. Wow. And that fox you see back here, if I brought that through, they would take that too. They, their rules are really gotten strict. I love Canada. Don't get me wrong. I love Canada. Just I love the border's the not there. easy. Yeah. I love the people there, but their rules got pretty, pretty, pretty ridiculous. Yeah. So I've got a couple of, couple of questions here, and uh, let me go and answer a few of these, and I'll get your uh, get your thoughts on a couple of these as well. So the first one is coming in from Ryan and he's just asking, I live in Alaska, but I'm curious how difficult it is to finance a house in the semi remote slash remote areas when they're often do it yourself jobs. So I'm not a lender, but the way it usually works, you can either do some kind of an owner finance kind of a deal. Cause you know, usually these, these properties are not going to be, uh, you're not going to find a $500,000 usually, uh, no you know, project out in the middle of nowhere. They're usually going to be a little more inexpensive because it's something someone built on their own. And so, yeah, yeah. So you can bad. do a lot of owner financing. You can do cash. Um, sometimes you can do some kind of a recreational cabin loan, but it it all really comes down to uh, the property and its heat source and the source of plumbing. Like, does it have um, any kind of toilets at all, or is it just outhouse and dry cabin? So it, it really does depend. Right. When I was looking at homes here in Tok, um, there was just this one was my heart. I had I had a call in, and there's a I have to do a lot of repairs here. Um, there's a little bit of log rot. So when you get a log rot, you're not going to get find a, a lender to help you. Uh, I had a great lender. Put it this way: if you if you need to get a good lender, I had a really great lender. His name is uh, uh, Rich Price, and he's with Guaranteed Rate in Anchorage. 
um, he will get you a house. <laughs> He's one of the best lenders there are. I couldn't believe it. it everything was step online. Everything was the only thing that I had to do was get all the uh, papers printed and then have it signed by notary, which was my bank in International Falls. So she she went we went through 120 pages. And she made sure it was everything the dot the T's were crossed and the I's were dotted. It was one of those things you have to have somebody to help you uh, get it all notarized. And then I immediately sent it back. They 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 sent it gave a me a package and put it all in. Uh, they prepaid package or prepaid thing, so it was sent overnight. What's interesting is. They, they had to get it within 24 hours after I sign it. Mm. Everything was dated really tight. Well, I'm trying to figure out how does that work? Because they was sent down to like Tennessee and then from Tennessee to Alaska. So like, why didn't it go from Minnesota to Alaska? I, I don't get it. So meaning I can't believe how fast the FedEx, it, they can transport that, that stuff. They got the paper. I call her uh, an anchor. She goes, I got it on my desk right now. And that was noon the next day. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they manage so, it. I don't know how, but they, they make it so happen. You have to find a good lender. And the best lender that I had, he worked me right through it. Like I said, his name is uh, Rich Price. Uh, he's on uh, he's on Zillow. He's on, he's on you, you. You can find him. He's an anchorage. Outstanding. Uh, guaranteed rate. So, yep. So just a quick question here coming in from Santa Dave. So how is transportation in winter? Um, and I mean, this, I guess this is going to be mostly just from what you've heard from other people at this point, but yeah, what are, what are your thoughts so far? Uh, transportation is awesome here. They have, okay. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Okay. They go to Fairbanks. Uh, it's called Alaska Interior Bus Line, and they're right here in Toke. <laughs> <laughs> really? They have a they have a bus line there. Yes, they have a bus line. They leave Monday. Never, yeah, Monday, I never heard of that before. Wednesday, okay, that's cool. So look, check her up. It's a uh, Alaska Interior Bus Line, and I and and uh, oh, I know her name right now. I can't think of it, but anyway. The bus driver, they're great. They they drive all the way to Fairbanks to the uh, bus terminal center. I think it's on Fifth Street. Um, but anyway, it's right in Fairbanks. And then they have 40-mile air. They fly Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Taxi to Fairbanks. So... With that said, you wonder how much it costs? Well, the cost, I believe, is like $90 to go one way. And that's a three and a half hour drive from Tok to Fairbanks. And then they pick up in Fairbanks and come back. So they pick up a load there and to come back here. Um, and if they don't get you back here, 
Then you call 40 Mile Air and pay $200. So it's like almost a buck a mile to fly, which is fun because you're flying in a bush plane or a small plane. It's like a bush plane. With, uh, uh, when I flew back, when I I flew from Juneau and my brother took kept going through Haines and then through Haines up the in into Canada and up and around. I flew to Anchorage with a forty minute layover and then it was like we we're in the air for like not even forty minutes to get to Fairbanks. But I believe it was like an hour to go from Juneau to Anchorage, an hour, hour and a half. It wasn't that long. But as far as transportation, you've got air or bus. So they used to, believe it or not, they used to have a taxi here. <laughs> really? And I'm talking to the priest, the priest here. that He goes, yeah, they had taxi here. And the people that live here. Uh, I, I'm getting to know, I know probably about 10 people already as friends. So it's growing. And I've been here only, well, since. Been a couple months at this point. Yeah, May, like... May 10th, we arrived here, May 10th. So I've been here since May 10th. And I've done so much work here with the Bobcat tapering all of uh, around the house, I needed to. I had probably about twenty bucket loads of gravel. Everything's gravel, which is makes a great base. In fact, these the poles that go down off the deck. See, I got a deck facing the east and facing the west, and the poles that go down the posts, I should say, are logs, just like you see up here up and around, but not as big. They're on, on uh, gravel, meaning everything that has to be set should be set on rocks, packed rocks, at least eight inches down as a footing. Because after that, it's all gravel, really gravel and, and sand mix, and which is really good. It perks really well. The ground, the, the meaning the, the water won't set or like, in International Falls, we have puddles everywhere because everything is clay. Up here, we got kind of a mixture of gravel and clay, uh, but mostly it's, it drains into the ground real well. But I had to taper everything away from the house. I didn't want the rainwater, it was all too flat moving towards the house. Uh, meaning I did a lot of upgrading to grade around the house, keep the water to shed away from the house. Right, right. So there's always fun things to do. I mean, I'm building shelves in the garage. Garage is kind of, it is what it is. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that uh, that is kind of the sanctuary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I, I love it here. Don't get me wrong. It, it uh, you think about all the rocks, how tight it is in the mountains, all the shale up in the mountains. I have beautiful walkway. It's buried. People didn't take care of this house prior before me. Um, they just wasn't taking care of the property very well. They had sled dogs. They had, mm. I think, 24 of them here. So 
<laughs> you got to be busy with the sled dogs. I mean, if you got that many dogs, something's got to give. And I believe yeah. that's the attention was the sled dogs, not the house. So yep. house is absolutely, pretty, house is pretty run down. Yeah, that's kind of the trade-off you make, but well, yeah, I, and, and that's what I—that's why I love. This is a six home. I I usually flip them, but I'm not going to flip this one. This is a beauty. It's a beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is a question that just came in from Brandon. Um, so what do you think of the off-grid TV shows? Because I mean, there's a there's a ton of these shows out there, and it's yeah, uh, yeah YouTube, all these things. Like, what I do you think? Really of, watch, I don't watch them. Okay. <laughs> the, thing is, the thing is, is if you're off grid, how far are you off grid? I mean, do you have a vehicle? So you, you're driving to the, your, so you need gas. How far are you going to go with your off grid? I mean, are you going to have no electric, which you can run batteries and solar and have a gas propane refrigerator? I know some people that are, Pretty, they want to be totally off-grid. Uh, do you have a communications line? How far are you off-grid? I mean, I, if, if Sue Butcher, she was off-grid. <laughs> she was the sled dog champion up here. She died of leukemia way back in the past, but she was very well-known mm -hmm. as a female. She, had, she lived up in the Wrangler Mountains. No electric, no water. Water she drank was from the stream. Um, running springs now that's off grid to me no phone she had no phone no electric uh, candles um they, they, there's some of the people i've seen when they shoot a moose there's a lot of oil you can get for the trees to have your lights your lamps to light them with the, with the fat that you take off the moose barely you get a lot of fat uh i believe more than a moose but even so um how far off grid are you i mean <laughs> You know, it's kind of a joke. It's sometimes you look at some of these people where you're off grid. You you got to you got to you're running uh, equipment right now. It's almost like saying, "Are you, know, are you a, a Mormon or not a Mormon?" But I'm, I mean, like uh, Amish, they have horse and buggy, but they have cell phones. <laughs> really. <laughs> You know, so she, but all in all, it, it, I don't watch those shows, so I can't really comment on <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So we've got a couple more questions here. Um, we're going to start trying to, to wrap up here. So uh, if you guys have any comments, questions, uh, go ahead and get those into the chat. We're going to try to get to as many of them as we possibly can. Um, we'll try to answer this one here and let's do about like real quick here. So coming in from Rawl here, would a 10 to 12 foot fence keep the most dangerous animals out of the yard, uh, the lived on, if lived on the outskirts of town. Okay. If I lived on the outskirts of town. So I, I imagine like a 10, 12 foot fence, like the only thing I think it wouldn't stop would be a bear. I, I've never seen anything like that, a 10 or 12 foot fence, even around this area. Um, I have a dog. Dog will bark when there's a predator around. Uh, I wouldn't leave it out there because it's, it'd be like bait. 
But in my house, my German Shepherd, she knows she knows when there's a bear around. She did that when I lived in International Falls. She'd cower and run downstairs because she's already been scared. I go, so you gotta read your dog, meaning you gotta watch your dog's body language. Um, they're about the best defense like I have right now. I love it. I have her chained up most of the time because I don't want her chained running after a bear in the woods. Um, where I lived, International Falls, the wolves would lure my dog into the woods and kill her. That's how. That's what they do. They lure, the wolves will lure and the, the pack will kill it. But as far as a 10-foot fence, uh, a 12-foot fence, a bear would probably go right through it. Yeah. So, yeah, moose, I mean, I just... Nice. Now, moose are dangerous, too, because moose will kill you. They'll hoof and kill your dog, too, meaning they think it's a wolf. They'll, they'll use their, their hoofs and then kill. So bears and moose are probably about the worst predator around here in Tok uh, and in, in most of Alaska. From what I from what I gathered and what I know, yeah, and I mean a lot of people really seem to think like the the bears are like the most dangerous ones, but um, possibly yes. But I feel like a bear has a lot more signs that they're around because they have a very distinctive, like thick smell. Like you, um, well, they'll grab I, you I, I wonder if bears head. think they're being slick, oh, but I mean we can all that. totally smell them, so they're not really. <laughs> Not sneaking up on a whole lot of people. One barrel will grab you by your head, and that's when they take, they'll kill you. They, they go for your head. Yeah. And, but I, I really am not scared of them. Um, as long as I got my peace with me, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, you better have some self-defense, because if you have no way to get out, that 12-foot fence, I... Don't spend any money on 12-foot fence, 10-foot fence. Uh, the animals ain't that dangerous here. The only time it's going to be, like I said, if there's a cub uh, or a moose. Yeah. They, you know, I've never, oh, they did have a moose. They was attacking people in Nome, just north of Nome, last week. And they killed it because it was bit by a red fox uh, that was rabid. And the moose had they they died they burned the body of the moose so the virus wouldn't go wrong and also they found in the brain of the moose they checked it and it had rabies. So it's a very I saw like, that article. Yeah, that's very uncommon. I mean, it, it, it's the the red fox on North Slope, or like when one bites one another, you you get a lot of rabid foxes running. So that's a very rare thing. Yeah, that's that's wild. I mean, a moose is really not the animal you want to have. I mean, you don't want any of them to have rabies, but especially not a moose because you know they're um, they're big, they're quick, uh, despite what they look like. And yeah, they could be pretty dangerous. It'd be like a horse with an attitude getting rabies. So right. yeah, right. Just north of International Falls, a woman got killed uh, about two years ago. She went to the island to her cabin. It's a pretty big island, and uh, her two German Shepherd or two dogs took off in the woods, and they they never came back. She went out to look for them, and she got mauled. Uh, mm. Meaning there was a cub, and a and a and a moo, and a there was a cub bear, a black bear, and which is ten miles north 
east of International Falls in Canada, one of the islands. So, like I said, bears, when they're with a cub, the most dangerous thing there is. So you yeah, I just... don't, run, don't run because then they think, oh, the game's on. They use the best thing to turn or walk, walk backwards away from it or something. Just kind of or, uh, saunter yeah. away. Yeah, just kind of tiptoe away out of here, you know. Yep. So I've uh, got a question here from Dustin. And uh, yeah, Dustin, so I, I got you on this one. Um, I did talk with um, the representatives from the ferry a couple of weeks ago. And uh, so his question is, so no amount of restriction on the ferry. Um, not really on the weight. Really, their restrictions is no, going to be there's on, none on. Yeah, yeah there's the, none this, on the weight. Now yeah, for just, mine, mine was $7,081 because it was 51 millennial feet and i was running a lot of weight in that truck we were maxed yeah i mean really what they go off of is they really go off of just the length which yeah i mean with uh with keith's rig you can see why that was so expensive yeah seven thousand eighty one bucks but you know if i didn't buy that ticket a month advanced i would never have been able to get on there because they have a lot of motorhomes that come rolling in on them rakes now especially right now this is uh the tourist season so that that was and they're limited on boats right now or ferries so it's um they don't like sand boats or ships beautiful ship um but i I'd, I'd, I'd jump on it anyway it's just a the cruise is great 800 miles through the most beautiful mountains uh, go through some really neat little fishing towns I go through Wrangler and all just just so many beautiful places. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So let's uh I'll let you answer this one here. Um if you wanna if you wanna answer this one. So this is it from Rawl. His question is what's the bar slash club slash watering hole scene like up there in the rural rural areas? Um are <laughs> is every woman spoken for up there? <laughs> oh, I don't, so I don't know how into the dating scene you've gotten, but <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't give you that question or answer on that be reason because I do not drink, I do not, I do not smoke. Um, I'm, I, I go to mass and I'm a cantor at our at the Holy Rosary, so I sing and I'm the second person there. There's only two of us that sing choir, <laughs> so we go sing cantor and. Uh, I'm going to start an AA group up here, I believe. I'll talk to the priests, and we'll probably have it in the basement. Uh, the way I'll do that is go through the court system. I'll go to the courthouse. And if there's some people with alcoholic problems, I can go ahead and, and uh, find that out. I mean, send them to me, and I'll start having meetings on, on Sunday or maybe Monday or so. Uh, but, no, the I drive by the watering holes in there's not that many people here. Um, the, as far as the women spoken for, got to remember this area is, is full of hardworking women. That, they're single, but they cut, they split logs. So they're tough, tough cookies. They, they ain't going to find a, a, you know, a chick, a chick <laughs> in the cities. You just, it, it, I live here because I don't want to live in the city. I don't like the city life. I like it quiet. And 
after my son died, I pretty much crawled under a rock, meaning I don't want people around me. Um, and that it was my only son. So I don't, I just, you know, as far as I'm looking for women, no, I'm not looking for women. <laughs> they can find me, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah. But no, I, you know, all in all, I, I'm fine all, all by myself. I like it quiet. Yeah, absolutely. I can't answer that one though. Sorry. Nope. nope. That's far, fair enough. There's a watering hole. No. Fair enough. So we do have a question here from Costa 16 auto. So Keith, what kind of internet service do you have? Cause whatever it is, it, it seems to be working pretty well. Yeah, I have some really great. It's a fiber optics. It's coming this I'm 10 miles north of Toke. And fiber optics is 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 great because I I'm on cable now. Um they they do have Starlink, it's supposed to be one of the good ones if you're way out in a rural where you don't have uh, um, any any cable coming in but we're fortunate we have uh, fiber optics and that's true uh, AP and T uh, Alaska power and telephone so we're, we're lucky and fortunate and I guess assist the really best thing about what you're saying internet service if you live down in the lower 48 you come up here there's it goes so fast. Why? Because there's not that many people on it. You got to remember, we're in 644,000 square miles, and you have only 733,000 people. So that's like 1.1 person per square mile. So you don't have a lot of people on the internet, like in the millions in the, in the down the lower 48. That's that's a really good point. I hadn't really thought about that because I mean, usually you're just going to assume wherever it's remote, therefore the internet's going to be pretty bad. But I guess also it's how many people are going to be using it. Because I mean, I know in um, um, Eagle River, Alaska, like not too far away from here, um, sometimes the internet there can be kind of spotty. And I mean, it's because you have a high well for Alaska, a fairly decent concentration of people who live right there. So. Um, no, I, I can totally see that. Yep. But I tell you what, it, this is a great show. I, I've been watching you for quite a while and I, I enjoy it. I, I was watching you way back, uh, before I bought this house. I mean, I, I want to, I want to get some information and this is a good source of information for people that want to relocate. And I tell you, Alaska is the most beautiful place to relocate. I find a lot of people from Minnesota and Wisconsin that live here. <laughs> I'm, not, yeah, I'm from Minnesota. So Minnesota, right at the border of uh, Minnesota and International Falls. So, yeah, it's because uh, it's, it, we get 45 below zero International Falls. That's every winter. And it's cold there. And it's a different cold than up here. There, it's more of a damp cold. Here, it's more of a dry cold. Um, I was here in February. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> uh, with the snow load here, 
we we get a lot of we get mountain effect the snow so we get really deep snow in the mountains back in here so i'm lucky i have the bobcat to dig myself out <laughs> might have to use it this winter <laughs> i hope not yeah but, i mean if you do i mean that's one of the main reasons for bringing it though so <laughs> right 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 yeah well we've got uh, one i've got one question here i wanted to wanted to save till we got um, a little bit here further to the end Oh, look at that. Okay. So real quick from uh, Richard Price. Hey, Keith, wonderful to see you sharing your story. So happy to see you at home with us in Alaska. So. <laughs> well, thank you. Now that's my lender. He's the best lender there is. Uh, <laughs> I swear, get Richard, Rich Price. I tell you, he told me some people would call him and say, is that your real name, Rich Price? <laughs> <laughs> But no, this guy is a wonderful man. He'll work and get you a house, I tell you. And and uh, you know, find people like you to to as a realtor to find find a home for the people. Uh, can't beat this. this. This Alaska life is is perfect. It's if you like it. Uh, if you like the rough outside, I love the outdoors. Don't get me wrong. I've been a hunter all my life, so I love the woods. Um, and I was downhill skier. I was in hockey. Everything I loved. I love winter. So and work in construction. I can, I worked up in the high, tallest high rises downtown Minneapolis. Talk about cold. You got concrete all around you, and that wind blows. There's no windows on them. You're up 45, 55 floors, like the. Uh, uh, not U.S. Bank, but uh, Wells Fargo is right next to the IDS Tower. We worked on that. Every one of these buildings, you get that cold wind. It's a different cold than here. Um, it's a brutal cold. So I'm used right. to the cold. You just dress for it. That's all. And the thing is, I can't handle the heat. Uh, people go, well, why do you retire? Why don't you retire down south? He says, that's for you. You want to do that? Go ahead. Uh, make my day, you know. I just, I just can't handle the heat because I can't take off my skin. Now today it was eighty-five, <laughs> so, so it's it's coming for you. <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, the cold is going to come. Uh, the air conditioning is the woods, and uh, we, the mountain air. We got snow up in the mountains. I see snow right out the window on the mountains, and uh, yeah, they're. A lot of it's melted, but every time it rains here, look up in the mountains, you can't see the tops of the mountains because they're buried by clouds. Next day, it's full of snow because <laughs> of the elevation. And so when we get rain here, even during the summer, we get, <laughs> we get snow up there in the mountains. <laughs> it, it comes for you quick. Yes, it so, does. So we've got one more question here, and I, I wanted to save this one till we were um, – wrapping up but uh, this comes in from casey mcveigh uh, so if you could do your journey over again what would you do differently and why and you have any advice for someone looking at um, moving to a semi-remote setup yes um i would suggest don't bring your furniture <laughs> bring the only thing you need because you can buy your furniture here in fact i'm going to be buying a, a tool it's like a pencil sharpener, but big. You hook it up to a 
a heavy duty half inch drill mower like mine that mixes sheetrock mud. And you put a three and a half inch log, you know, a, 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 so you can make your own furniture. And I'm gonna make my own furniture here. Uh, and I'm gonna change the railings outside to the uh, black spruce. So don't bring, just bring what you need. Just bring what you need. My, I'm retired, so I have boxes of electrical and plumbing, and uh, this is like my sixth home. So you know what you acquire on your sixth home when you're flipping homes? You, I like because I'm a contractor and six. My brothers, he bo opened both garage doors, and it's solid. <laughs> it's totally solid stuff. <laughs> so like, what was that? Uh, he always talks about stuff. It's so funny. Uh, George Carlin. <laughs> yeah, you bring your stuff over here and then you take your stuff over there. And then when you move, you bring your stuff. Or you go on vacation, you bring your stuff with you. <laughs> yeah. So, there yeah, don't, don't bring – for furniture, you can buy it up here. Uh, space is going to cost you a lot of money. Uh, I, You know, if you're going to live out in the sticks, you can buy your – all your stuff here, your appliances, right in talk here, I can buy uh, washing machines, dryers, everything at Three Bears Grocery Store. <laughs> they have everything there. Then they have uh, Ace Hardware. I mean, you can't beat some of the stuff. You don't. If they didn't have Ace, it'd be pretty tough. But then they got the Alaska Wilderness for lumber and Young's Lumber for logs. So just bring what you need because um, otherwise you're, it's going to cost you for me, the U-Haul, the rented, that was five grand. Uh, the, the ship, that was 7,000. But I saved $150,000 by doing, spending that little on trying to replace my boat, everything. Boats are expensive here. Bobcats, <laughs> they're really expensive. Yeah, those uh, so are those you, are pretty much solid gold. Yeah. Yeah, you you bring what you need as far as tools and everything. Got to remember space, because it costs you a lot of money to rent something to drive. Like for me, from Minnesota, from International Falls all the way here. So I had a I have a push lawnmower, <laughs> so it's a lawn boy. And I don't know how long that's going to last because <laughs> i got a big yard here. And uh, I need to find a, a, a used uh, – but I will find one. It's not like it's impossible. Everybody's selling stuff. I mean, no matter where you're at in this country, in any country, everybody's selling and buying. So it's, it's – it, it, go light. I would, I would advise you to go light unless you're a contractor like me and go for – all of it, meaning take it with you because you ain't going to replace your tools as because tools up here are expensive unless you go through Amazon, but you can't buy a bobcat on Amazon, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, those are <laughs> and, and snowmobile snow machines are very expensive up here, four wheelers are very expensive. Mine that I have, just for instance, is a, a 570 Sportsman to 2021. You buy it now up here, 
they're running around 10 grand. I bought mine for eight. So it's not much difference, but you're going to pay more. Let's put it that way. Your boat, my boat, I paid 2000 with the motor down there. We brought that up here. To replace that boat would cost probably around, I was looking at the same thing, around 8000 bucks. So mm -hmm. you're going to pay a lot of money for, and when I, I just went big, meaning I want to bring everything that I had as much as I could. And I will replace what I had that I gave up. And I gave up a lot. I gave up a beautiful dining room set. There's just no room. And I'm glad I didn't because it would have been destroyed. I brought my water bed because that doesn't take much room. You know, <laughs> you flatten the, the mattress. It's a uh, the king size, California king. And uh, it, it got some wear damage on it from rubbing, meaning it's hard to avoid going as far as I did, you know, 1,700 miles to Bellingham and then take the barge all the way and then go up another 500 miles to Toke from Haynes. Uh, barge, when I say barge, that was the ferry. It was huge. It was beautiful. It's not a barge. Right, right. It's a beautiful ferry, I tell you. Go through Alaska Highway. You take your cars. Save some money. Uh, don't go. Through. You can go through Canada, but the thing is, is the problem of going through Canada is you're going to go into some remote areas. You've got a breakdown, and like that trailer that I have here, that was that thing there is brand new. They said if you buy a brand new one, and that's my brother's. He brought it up here and he's selling it. Uh, if you brought that that with a used trailer you'd probably break an axle they're very common because the roads are rough through canada dean says he he went up just through haynes to uh toke in the last 20 miles to toke was smooth the rest of it was road tear road tear is when the frost the permafrost comes up and rips the road apart where you got a three inch drop in some areas on the road from lane to lane and you try to and and potholes enough to break an axle. Uh, the roads are a lot of rocks on the roads, and you're going to go through a lot of tires. So, better have brand new tires when you come up here from the local 48, or you're going to have a blowout and good tires. Um, other than that, go light. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, Keith, I really want to thank you for taking some time and um, kind of sharing your, sharing your story and kind of your, um, I'm going to say your expertise now from having actually moved up here, you know, congratulations on making the dream happen. I know a lot of people are um, wanting hey, to, to do what you did. Blessing, so. The blessings were there, man. I tell you everything that the Lord just paved the road right here for me, everything clicked right into place all the way. I paid for all the, the, uh, Hotels for my brother, paid for all the gas, gas fuel. I figured about 1500 I was right on, about 1500 for the fuel. With that, with that. I was getting 18 miles per gallon with that big rig, pulling it all that weight. I couldn't believe it. I thought, I figured five miles per gallon. I bet it for five miles per gallon. It came up to about the same price because, now remember, if you go through Canada, there's areas where you ain't going to get no cell service. 
no cell phone service. And here's the other thing. You take the Alaska Highway Ferry, there's no internet there. So you, the only time you get to call anybody is when you come into port, like uh, 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 catch a can uh, for so you about a day and a half. You have no phone service, zero. It says, uh, mine says SOS. I thought it, it should have said SOL. <laughs> you know what <laughs> that means. <laughs> but you know, but there's been, but it there's no service. So just that was the other breakdown where I didn't want to go through Canada. It, we, there's no radio service. You get a breakdown, you're going to be pretty well SOL. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, Keith, um, you know, again, thank you very much. And, you know, looking forward to having you right down the road here. Um, let me know when you're swinging through the South Central Alaska area sometime. We'll definitely have to go grab some coffee or something. But Oh, I've got to go to Fast Eddie's here if you come into town. Fast <laughs> Eddie's is the best place to eat here in town. You, you've got it. You'll uh, you'll be the first one I, I call when I'm here and uh, we'll go to Fast Eddie's. You'll be, you'll be addicted. <laughs> the French fries are just something that is to die for. But the food there is really great. Um, it's a great place. I, everybody you meet in town here, the dope, are very friendly. Um, very nice people. Very good people. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for, for listening and um, again, Keith, thank you very much, and we'll see you all later. Thank you so much, and you have a great evening, everyone, and God bless. <laughs> God bless.